0: Well, um, it's great to have you here today. I don't, know, um, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I think this is the right place for us to be today as we continue this Healer, healer series. Healer. Healer. You heal my mouth. Anyway, w- one of the things I love to do is I love to figure out the things that we have in common, because there's enough... People that will point out the differences that we have. And there are all kinds of differences when it comes to like football teams or political preferences or whatever. But all of us have some things in common as well. And one of the things we have in common is just about everybody in this room, doesn't matter if you're a Christian non-Christian, if you're Christian, if you're close to Jesus or you're not close to Jesus, doesn't matter if you're an atheist or an agnostic, I don't care where you are on your spiritual, spiritual journey. One of the things I know about everybody in this room is that at least one time in your life, you've prayed. You've prayed. And you say, well, I don't know if atheists pray. No, they do. They do. I, I remember talking on the phone specifically to, an, to a guy one night who was an atheist, but he called me because his wife overdosed on cocaine and he said, I, I don't know about this God, but I've prayed more in the past hour than I've ever prayed. And, and that's common. I mean, we, we all pray when we get in trouble or we want something. God, give me that job. God, give me another job. God, help me to lose my job. God, let him ask me out. God, let him not ask me out. Let him run away. God, could I get a date? Like, we all pray certain prayers at certain times. Now, if you're from the South, Prayer took on a different meaning for us. Now, I don't know about other parts of the country, but we kind, of, we kind of learned some prayers. And they didn't really do anything for us except teach us how to pray. One of the very first prayers that we learned to pray, if you're from the South, and I'm sure it happens around the world, too, is, is the blessing. Right? And it goes like this. God is. God is. Let us. For thy Hands we shall be. Give us, Lord, our daily. Amen. And that's our introduction to prayer and hip-hop at the same time because it rhymed, right? We just didn't know it was hip-hop then, but it was. Now, something really cool to do, the next time you're at a family gathering and they ask you to pray, just drop that one and see what happens. It'll be interesting. But we learned it now. That prayer didn't change anybody. Nobody in this room has ever said, you know, in my personal journey with Christ, I was praying one day. I said, God is great. God is good. And I just lost it. And did Jesus say, but, but I'm not saying it's bad to teach your kids that I'm just, it's, it's great. Now, the second prayer that we learned was the bedtime prayer. And which if you think about it, if you think about it from a logical perspective, it's the most jacked up prayer to teach your child. Let's do it. Now I down to, I pray the, my soul to, and if I whoa. You're going to do that to your kid? Right. And if I die before I wake, <laughs> I pray the Lord my soul to take. <laughs> and then we wonder why they have nightmares and pee the bed, right? But once again, that prayer, that prayer is effective. It teaches us, you know, to pray and, and rhyme the prayers and stuff. But I've never met anyone that ever said, you know what, that prayer changed me. Now I'll lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep, and I just prayed that. Now, maybe you're the exception, and if you are... I'm <laughs> sure I'll hear about it, but, but one of the reasons that we were, we were giving prayer, a lot of people, we pray, and when we pray, we're trying to change God or trying to change God's mind or whatever, but prayer, one of the main reasons prayer was given to us was not for us to change God, but for God to change us. You know God changes us when we pray. So today, I want to teach you a prayer. It's not a very long prayer and I'm going to give you an assignment. I, I want you to pray this prayer for a week. After a week, you can stop it. You can, you can stop We're going to put it on social media. We'll remind people. I have it on my account. We'll put it on the face, Facebook account and all that stuff, Any, you know, whatever is out there. I don't know what they invented this week, but we'll put it out there to remind people. But this prayer, this prayer will absolutely begin to mess with you. In fact, some people, you're not going to make it a week. You're, you're going to make it a day or two. And and it's, it's just going to affect you too much. But, and I know this because it, from personal experience and conviction, I've been trying this this week. And it's, it's great, but it will mess you up. And here's the prayer. This is, all, this is all I'm asking this week. Jesus, teach me to see people as you see people. Now, that, that right there will mess you up. Because it's going to change the way you see um, your enemies um, it's going to change the way you see that person at work, it's going to change the way you see your server today at lunch, it's going to change the way you see the person that you argued with on the way to church this morning, it's going to change a lot of things when we begin to pray, Jesus, teach me to see people as you see people. Now where I got this from is really interesting, it's from a story in the scriptures that if you're from a church background, it's very familiar. And even if you haven't had much of a church background, you've heard this story. It's called the Good Samaritan. Now, what's crazy about the Good Samaritan is that during Jesus' day, you wouldn't put the term good and Samaritan together. They didn't go together. It's like, it's like Gamecock National Championship football. Like, that, like it's never happened, all right? So that's, and I'll talk about it all I want, you know? <laughs> wish you wouldn't talk about it. I wish y'all would win some. All right, here we go. Jesus is telling, I, I did, that was just my, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm going to straighten this up just a little bit because I bumped it, I think. There we go. Makes me feel better. I'm a little OCD. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, this is, this is a problem because the expert in the law, expert in the law is an accomplished person. In this day, if you were an expert in the law, that meant you had the Old Testament memorized. Now, I've got like a couple verses memorized. I got some song lyrics memorized. I got some movie lines memorized. What's the soup of the day? I'll have that, right? Like, I've got those memorized, but I don't have the Old Testament memorized. This guy had the Old Testament memorized. But sometimes accomplishment can lead to arrogance because this guy thought he was so awesome that he could test Jesus. So he stood up to test Jesus, and he's going to ask him a question. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wasn't worried about anybody else. He was worried about himself. What must I do? What, must, what, what about me? And, and I'm not blaming him because we're all selfish, right? Aren't we all selfish? A little bit. A little bit like anytime I fly and I get that exit row that they come up to you and they go are you willing to help in a case of emergency and I say yes but what I'm thinking is I'm gone like I'm like this means I'm the first out of the plane I paid extra to get out of the plane before all y'all fools all right (laughs) so we're all a little bit selfish so he's been a little bit selfish and he wants to know he said what must I do to, to inherit eternal life now here's the thing about Jesus that kind of got on people's nerves. He hardly ever answered a question. He would always ask a question or tell a story. And, and every time he started telling a story, people were like, oh God, here we go again. We don't even know what he's talking about. I mean, and, and, but, but that's what he did. So watch what he does. He, he says, what is written in the law? He replied, because he's talking to an expert, right? He said, what's written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, he had probably heard Jesus say this at some point because Jesus had said this on a couple of occasions. And, and so Jesus kind of talks back to him and he says, you've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. It's where we get in trouble. It's when we try to justify ourselves. And so he asked the question. So he asked Jesus, and who is My neighbor? Now that's a great question. And once again, you would expect Jesus just to answer, but Jesus doesn't answer. He tells a story. And in this story, he talks about this is where I got this, this prayer from that I shared with you earlier. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away leaving him half dead. Now, this, story, this verse right here is loaded. I'll try to get to it through it as quickly as possible. But Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. During the time of Jesus, and, and even today, there's basically one road that goes from Jerusalem to Jericho. I've been on it 20 times. It, it's, it's steep because Jerusalem is really high, and Jericho is down lower. It's kind of toward the, the, um, the Dead Sea. And so you had to go down. It was a geographical thing. Some people have tried to make this a spiritual thing, but it's, not, it's geographical. It's like saying there was a man that drove from down from Asheville to Anderson. That's a d- downward geographically. But, but on this road, there's a spot in the middle from Jerusalem to Jericho, somewhere in the middle where it kind of flattens out a little bit. And this was a very common place for robberies and, 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 and things to take place. So when Jesus is telling this story, He's basically talking about the bad part of town on this road. Now, every town on the planet has a bad part of town, right? There's a bad part of town in Anderson. There's a bad part of town in Greenville. There's a bad part of town in Spartanburg, Asheville. It, do, it doesn't matter. And I, I love, I love, love the fact that we have GPS on our phone. And even if I know the location where I'm going, I still put it in the GPS because I want to see if I can beat the time. Um, I'm that competitive. I am that competitive. But back before there was GPS, we had this thing called MapQuest. MapQuest was from hell because it never got you to the play, right? You'd print it out, and you'd be like, I'm going to Grandma's house. And you're like, why am I in Wyoming? And it was just kind of awkward. And MapQuest one time got me lost in Dallas. And I remember calling the lady on a flip phone. I called her on a flip phone. Y'all remember flip phone? I called her, and I was like, hey, um, I'm lost. And she said, where are you? I was like, funny that you would ask that. I'm lost. That's why I'm calling you. I don't know where I'm at, lady. And she said, "Start describing the buildings around you." And I started describing the buildings around it. And she went, "Oh my God, drive." And the true story. I said, "Ma'am, I'm at a red light." She said, "Run it. Um, you are in the bad part of town." I was like, "Yes, ma'am." So, so this guy, he's on this journey who winds up at a bad place. And by the way, we've all wound up at a bad place, right? Whether we intentionally chose to go there or whether we accidentally got there, we've all wound up in a bad place. And Jesus said the man was attacked by robbers. Now, I believe that there's attacks going on today. I believe in spiritual warfare. I really do. Um, I believe that most of the attacks that we undergo are emotional and spiritual. Uh, do, Do physical attacks happen Yes, but, but I'm not, I've, I've seen some of that, I've experienced some of that, I don't talk about a lot of that, because at the end of the day, like I, if, if something weird is going on in your house, like spiritually, I'm not the guy to call. Because that stuff freaks me out. Like if I come over, you say, "Hey, would you come over and see my daughter? She's having some problems." And I walk in, and your daughter's head spins completely around, and then she throws up and throws me against the wall. I'm like, you know what? I'm, you know what? I'm gonna let y'all have that. Y'all need to go to Third Chance Church because Second Chance ain't gonna work for you. Like well, I'm done, out. Just I ain't dealing with it. So you gotta keep your options open, right? So. So I believe, though, that there's some people that here, may, maybe this is how you feel, like emotionally and spiritually, you feel like the enemy has stripped you and beat you and went away, leaving you half dead. I mean, that, that's real. I know what that's like. You know what that's like. There's some people here today kind of wondering maybe how you're even going to make it through the week. Whether you're in this room or watching online or sitting at Life Spring in Tennessee, you don't, you're like, I don't even know how I'm gonna get past this week just because of what you've gone through. Because the enemy ultimately wants to strip you of your self-worth, of your identity, of the belief that you are loved by God. He wants to strip us all of all of that, and he wants to walk away, leaving us half dead. Now, I was listening to somebody this week. And have you ever listened to somebody that tried to sound smart, but what they said wasn't true? And they were talking to this guy about fighting, like getting in a fight, like fist fight. And they're talking about winning and losing. And this guy said, actually, nobody ever really wins a fight. And I was like, eh. I've been in a couple of those. And I've been on the giving in. And I've been on the receiving end, And I agree with Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive when it comes to getting a butt whooping, right? <laughs> and so, so I, I know that there's some people, though, that feel like you've been really worn out. Now, this is kind of a snapshot. This is kind of a preview of our series coming um, called Only God Can Judge Me. But a lot of people will look at this story, and unfortunately— People will make judgment calls just based on surface-level stuff. Like, they would look at a story like this of a guy that went through this situation, and they might say something like, well, he shouldn't have been there. Well, he just shouldn't have been there. It's the wrong place at the wrong time. If he just wouldn't have been there, if he had some people with him. But see, we don't know why he was there. Like, isn't it easy to make judgment calls when we don't know the whole situation? Like, if I told you, hey, there was a guy that got shot last night behind a strip club because he was trying to grab one of the girls and force her into his car. Then everybody would say, well, he just, he deserved it. He shouldn't have been there. But then what if I told you that guy was a father, the girl was his daughter, and he was trying to rescue her from human trafficking. Changes your opinion on everything. It's context, it's perspective. And so we don't know why he was on the road. But a lot of times we got we to be real careful what we say about people when they're going through tough times. Or this is this is my this is my favorite. I guess he had it coming. I guess he just had it coming. I told him not to go on that road. He kept going down the road. I mean, I guess he just deserved it. But at the end of the day, do any of us want what we have got coming? Maybe he learned his lesson. See, here's the th- here's the thing about seeing people like Jesus sees people. It takes these phrases out of our vocabulary. When we begin to say these phrases, it, it's from like a, um, like a judgmental attitude. But when somebody is beaten, stripped, and left half dead, they don't need evaluation. They need some participation in their lives. And this is where Jesus gets to the interesting part of the story. Jesus said a priest happened to be going down the same road. Pause. Priest was on the same road. So there's a guy going along. He gets beat up, right, attacked, left half dead, and then the priest is on the same road. It's by God's grace that this guy came along before the priest because had this guy not came along before the priest, the priest is the one. And that's why it's real, 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 real um, important that we realize when we see somebody go through a tough time, that we not make a judgment call, but rather say, By God's grace, that's not me. By God's grace, that's not me, because you know, it could have been you, it could have been me, it could have been us, right? And so he said, A priest happened to be going down the same road. Now, when Jesus said this, everybody in the crowd went, Oh, whew, thank God, because this guy's gonna help. But, but the priest, and when he saw the man, passed by on the other side. Did, did you know there's a difference in, be- being, in between being religious and godly? Cause I used to be super religious. When I first became a Christian, this is true, I was hyper religious. I didn't go to rated R movies. None. So I missed Braveheart, Miss Gladiator. I, I went back and made up for all that. Um, I didn't go to rated R movies until Passion of the Christ came out. And it was rated R, and I was like, uh-oh. Well, I mean, I guess we can go to R-rated movies if they're about Jesus. Um, I didn't listen to secular music. Didn't, none of it. It had to be Christian music or I wouldn't listen to it. Um, didn't drink. Might should have held on to that one. Um, didn't... <laughs> Every time I say something about that, somebody always comes to me and they go, it's too soon. I'm like, it's my story. I can talk about my story. God, are we too sensitive today or what? I was a hyper-religious person. But this is the problem with that. This is the problem. I began to look at people through my filter of life. And so if you went to a rated R movie and you went to a country music concert, I thought you were a complete pagan. That's what happens when people get religious instead of godly. This guy was religious. He was the priest. And he was he was going down the road. Now, he wasn't going to get messy. He wasn't going to get dirty. I mean, the guy could have been dead. And he was a priest. So if he touched him, he defiled himself. And so he didn't want to get messy. So the priest probably had this thought. I'll pray for him. Do you know I have discovered because of me and because of other people, too. This isn't a crack on anybody else. This is a crack on me. Sometimes we tell people, I'll pray for you so I don't have to deal with you. Don't we? Oh, I'll pray for you. That, that means I'm trying to get out of this conversation and get in my car as fast as possible. But, but you, you know what? I, I would never, ever in a million years discount prayer. I believe prayer is awesome. I believe when somebody's going through a tough time, we should pray for them. I think sometimes um, when somebody's going through a tough time, that's all we can do. I've some, I got a friend that was going through a tough time in California, and I couldn't. I was like, man, all I can do right now is pray. I'm here for you anytime, though. But this is the thing I've discovered personally through what I've gone through and through what I've kind of excused in my own life when other people going gone through it, and, and it's this. Oftentimes, people need our presence more than our prayers, The, the guy that's half dead and beaten on the side of the road, he doesn't need prayer time. Now, now, I know some people, oh, God could have healed him miraculously. Yeah, but you know healing is usually a process, and it usually takes other people. And the priest, though, he passed by, and I believe he was so priestly that he prayed for him. But listen, I know Christians that will pray for you but won't talk to you. I didn't even say that last service. That was good. Y'all got extra. That's, uh, that's what happens when I get off those meds. All right, here we go. So to a Levite, when he came, now the crowd goes, "Oh wow, a Levite! This is going to be good." So to a Levite, he came to the place and saw him, and passed by on the other side. And the crowd is in, they're shocked because see, the Levite, the Levite was the person in charge of taking care of the temple. This was the guy. That was always in church. He was always cleaning things and organizing things. He was the biggest volunteer in the church. I mean, he was always doing things and making sure all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. If this person had a T-shirt on with an emoji on it in church, it would have been a heart. I love God. I just love God. But if the same person walked out of the church, they would have to change that T-shirt from an emoji to a middle finger, because if you weren't in the church, they did not care about you. Now, as these people, that almost caused me to not go to church. When I right about the time when I was when God was really doing a work in my life and I was considering going to church, and I'd kind of started going, that I also worked in the restaurant industry. Now, if you've ever, I think everybody on the planet should have to work in the restaurant industry for six months just to learn how to deal with people. And if you've followed my teaching for any amount of time, you know, I go off on this once a month and I've got the microphone and I can. No, I'm serious. The Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I admire them so much. They're closed on Sundays and they just love Jesus. No, They're closed on Sundays because they don't want to deal with Christians. That's absolutely the reason they're closed on Sundays. I'm, I believe that they couldn't say my pleasure on Sundays, right? I worked in the restaurant industry, and I remember when there was this one dude that came into the restaurant where I worked every week, and he brought his entire family, and he literally took that command to multiply and replenish the earth seriously because, I mean, they, here they came, and they all of them sat at a table. There's like 18 of them. And he was that guy that would always be nice and snarky at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And one Sunday he asked me, he was like, so how do you feel about breaking the command of working on Sunday? I was like, how do you feel about coming to a place that makes me work on Sunday? <laughs> Jerk. Anyway, um, I, I actually said that to him. But it, it's, it's, it's the people that, that we walk out of church and we're not, because you know, if we see people like Jesus sees people, then we don't see a server. We see a single mom trying to make ends meet. We don't see an idiot at the drive through We see the college student that's working because if he or she doesn't work, they don't get to make it through college. When we begin to see people like Jesus sees people, it literally changes our hearts towards people. And, 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 and instead of, because, because some people think they can fix other people with just a word or a phrase... I don't know if you've ever met these people. These are some of the things that they'll say. I've said these things. You've said these things. But when we see people like Jesus sees people, we don't say these things. Not in the moment. Okay? The guy is on the ground, naked, bleeding out. And we walk up to him and say, you'll get over it. Hey, Frank, I can see that you don't have any clothes on. And you're bleeding out, and you're. But you know what? Listen, dude, you're gonna get over it. It could be true, but just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. Am I right? You'll get over it is not a phrase that we say to people that are hurting in the moment. I mean, let's let's kind of push that one on pause, right? You'll get over it. Oh, this is this is my favorite. This is this is my favorite. Just be positive. God, why you got to be so negative? You're always negative. Now, I want to acknowledge there are negative people in the world. No matter what happens, they're just going to be negative. They can ruin anything. You walk outside and it's raining. And they're like, it's raining. And the next day you walk out, it's sunny. We need to rain. Right? No matter what happens, they're negative. Everything all, and don't, no, don't point. But, but, but everything's always Negative. I, I'm like you. I don't like those people either I mean, they drive me up the wall. I'm trying to see them like Jesus sees them. I'm still I'm struggling in that area, right? but when somebody is Beaten and they're half dead laying on the ground. That's not the kind of time to come up again You know what? Just be positive take that frown turn it upside down because they're laying there thinking I'm gonna take my foot stick it up. your now, That's what they're thinking, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm probably not as far along in my journey with Christ as others. Just be. It's a great thing to say, but if somebody's in pain in the moment, that doesn't fix them, right? This is the other one. See the good in everything. See, you should just you. God works all things for good. That's true. But did you know there's a time to not say that? You know how I know this? Because the first time I heard that phrase, I was standing beside my mother's coffin. That, you don't say that to somebody who's in the middle of the most painful situation in their life. It might be true. It does not help. They're on the ground, naked, bleeding out, Half dead, that does not help them. Ten years later, they can look back and see the good. But in the moment. But but some some people try to fix people with their phrases. And we can't fix people with our phrases. So so what needs to happen? Well, Jesus goes on and keeps telling the story. He says, But a Samaritan, now when he said that word, everybody gasped. Because they couldn't stand Samaritans. They they could not. Stan Samaritan, the most unlikely hero in the story. And Jesus said, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, pity is, pity is okay, but i gonna be very clear. Pity is powerless to change the world. You know how I know? Because I felt pity for people and done nothing for them. Perfect example. Me and Carys were having this conversation the other day about the commercial. You know the commercial. Commercial, the Sarah McLachlan song commercial. In the arms I They got the jacked up dog on there, right? You got the cat with like four eyes. The first time I saw that, I was like, this is awful. This is word. I felt pity in my heart for about, Seven seconds. And then I realized I have a remote control. I don't. And now, but by the way, how many of y'all, that just messed up that song for you? Every time you hear it, you think of like jacked up animals. I mean, yeah. So I felt pity, but I didn't give them a dime. Sometimes we can see somebody going through a tough time and we feel pity, but pit, pity's powerless to change the world. Unless pity leads to some type of proactivity, it, it, does, it just doesn't work. That's what I love about this story. Jesus talked about how the Samaritan felt, but then Jesus also shows us he went to him. He didn't say, hey, bro, here's my number. Text me if you need anything. Jesus said pity caused him to go to the man and bandaged his wounds. He got messy. There are too many Christians that are are scared to death of guilt by association. Oh, if if I'm seen with that person, they'll think I'm one of those people. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't have that attitude? I mean, I am. Jesus didn't care what they said about him. He did not care what they... Too many people are too consumed with what people think about them on a consistent basis. You say, Perry, how do you respond to that in your own mind? I always tell myself to hell with what they think. Yeah, half the room went, amen, half the room went, my kid's here. That's all right. They heard you say worse this week. Don't pretend like you're all holy in church. (laughs) But you know why I say that? Because those thoughts that consume us most of the time aren't from heaven. They're from hell. So I just send them back to where they came from anyway. The, 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 The two people that walked by him, they were religious, but they weren't godly. The Samaritan, He wasn't religious but he was godly because he got involved in the guy's life. In fact, the Bible says he poured oil and wine. This hurt. In other words, he was willing to go through the pain with somebody he didn't even know because he saw this person like Jesus saw him. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He was willing to inconvenience himself. He was willing to inconvenience himself. He's like, this this isn't about me. There's a guy in a situation right here, and listen, I'm the worst in the world at this because I'm a scheduled person, and I'm scheduled, and I got my habits, and I got my things, and if I'm going down the road, I got from point A to point B, and somebody says, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm usually like, no, I don't have a minute, but that's usually when I'm seeing the world through my lenses instead of Jesus' lenses. So he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and an inn was kind of like a hospital during the days. That's where they took people that got attacked and stuff like that and, and for healing, brought him to an inn to take and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. In other words, he made an investment in the guy's healing. He didn't just take him somewhere and dropped him off. He took him somewhere, dropped him off and said, this is all I can do, but I'm going to circle back around. And if there's anything else I can do, I'm going to step in and do that too. And, Jesus, and the, Jesus asked the guy, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hand of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, he couldn't even say the word Samaritan. He couldn't even say the word. The one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So, so the prayer that I'm going to challenge you to pray this week is, Jesus, teach me to see people as you see people. And I will warn you, the person that you've had a grudge against for a week or a month or a year, they're going to come back in your life this week. The person that may have hurt you at some point, they're going to show back up this week somehow. And if you're praying this prayer right here, it's going to mess with you. Jesus, help me to see him. Help me to see her as you see her. Now, I thought, thought this was the end of the message until this week because just something didn't feel right. And I, w- I just thought about the people that we have coming every week and the people that we're four weeks in and we've had... Um, I mean, it's just been great. I mean, it's just been awesome, but, but we've, we've also seen, um, some, we've been able to really pray with some people during our, um, prayer time, help some people out. And I started thinking about the fact that in Southern culture, when it comes to church, we're taught to hide anything that we might be going through spiritually or emotionally. Like I said, if, if we're going through something physically, it's a little hard to hide that. But this guy on the side of the road, naked and bleeding and half dead, he couldn't hide that. And I started thinking about several years ago when I went hiking with some friends and I twisted my ankle really, 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 really bad. It was on a Saturday. The next day I had to preach. And um, but I didn't want anybody to know how bad my ankle was. And so I just wore a pair of boots and they were kind of tight and i zipped them up because i thought you know i just com- put some compression on my ankle it'll really help it and i limped like all day long i was doing this and people were like what's wrong i was like no nah, i'm good i'm good why are you limping i'm not limping why we got to talk about my limp why, can't? Why, why are you limping why you look like you're limping i don't like that shirt like i'm changing the subject and everything and the next night the next day my ankle i'm not making this up i almost i almost put a picture up but some of you are vomiter's and you couldn't have handled it, and there's other sympathetic vomiters, and you would have gone too, and then that would just have just been bad. But it was horrible. And I was at an event that Monday night, and there was a radiologist there, she, and she was like, you, I heard you might have twisted your ankle. I was like, no, nah, my ankle's good. My ankle's great. She's like, no, no, let me see it. And I knew she was an expert. She was a doctor, and I knew she saw it that I was going to have to start. And I was like, no, nah, so I'm good. She said, let me see. I'm like, that's a little weird taking my shoe off. She said, I'm not asking you to take your clothes off. I'm asking you to take your shoe off. And I'm thinking, I'd rather take my clothes off than my shoe. I mean, because I don't want you to see them. So finally, she won. And she's one of the top radiologists in, in you know, the, the state. And she got me to take my And she looked at my foot and she went, oh, my god. I went, what? She's like, it's broken. I was like, it's not, it's not broke. Let's not, let's not say that. And she said, come to my office tomorrow. And we x-rayed it. And she was like, well, it's not broken. But it would have actually been better if you would have broke it. Because the healing process is going to take a lot more. And, and, then, and then she did this little thing. And I wish she wouldn't have done it. But she was right. She said, you know what? We we, you could have missed out on a lot of pain had you just acknowledged that you were hurt from the start. And I've never forgotten that because I wanted to tell everybody in this room, because in this story, we've talked about, you know, seeing people like Jesus sees people, but maybe you're stuck in your mind. Hey, it's really hard to see people like that when I feel like in the story, I'm the person on the side of the road that's been attacked and I've been bleeding out and nobody sees me. Here's the thing I want you to understand before you leave today. And it's this hiding never leads to healing. Hiding never leads to healing. And so if you walked in here today with something in your, in your life, you're struggling with something spiritually, you're struggling with something emotionally. I want you listen, I want you to understand. I get it. I get it. I tried to hide what was going on in my own life, and you know what? It didn't go so well. So don't just listen to my words, watch what I've gone through and understand. Now, hiding doesn't lead to healing, but once you get it out, that's when Jesus can really begin the healing work in your life. So with that in mind, can we all stand for closing prayer? Father, I thank you that you are the healer. The Bible says that you heal all our diseases. And God, I know there are people here today that life is great, God. And Father, my, my, my heart for those the life is great as they would just be <laughs> overflowing with thankfulness right now. I pray for the, all of us, Jesus, that this week that we would see people like you see people, you would completely change our perspective. And Jesus, I pray for those in the room that feel like the man that was attacked. Father, they're carrying something spiritually or emotionally that's just absolutely weighing them down. I pray that in these next few moments, they would surrender that to you. But heads bowed and eyes closed. If you feel like you're that person that you, you are carrying that weight and you just need someone to pray with you or for you, right now in this room, without even looking, I want you to step out of your aisle and I want you to walk out the back doors of this building outside those doors there are care volunteers that we got a we got a room set up where we want to pray with you or pray for you there are people moving right now so I just want you to go I want you to go right now if you walked in you don't have to fake it you don't have to pretend like I was trying to pretend that my ankle wasn't busted up you go right now because we got people that we want to pray with you we want to pray for you right now I want you to go I just want you to go I want you to go I want you to feel that freedom you don't have to hide it. You don't have to be ashamed of it. There are still people moving, so I want you to feel that freedom. You go right now. You go right now. I want, you, I, I want this to be a safe place for you. Maybe you're here and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe it's hard to see people like Jesus sees people when Jesus doesn't live in you. And maybe today you realize for the first time, Jesus Christ stepped into my mess. He paid for your sin. And listen, all you got to be willing to do today is ask him into your life. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, whether you're in this room or online, I want you to right where you stand right now to pray. Just pray in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I confess you as Lord. Come into my life and save me. Make me brand new. I surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name. With head's still bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed in this room, that prayer to receive Christ, would you put your hand up because I just want to see it and acknowledge. Thank you. Anybody else? If you're online, hit the hand-raise emoji. If you're in Sweetwater, yes. Praise God. I see it in the back. I see two in the back right here. I see one right here in the middle. Four or five. Yeah. Anybody else? Father, thank you so much for all that you've done, for all that you're going to do, all that you are. We love you. And everybody said, "Amen." Hey, listen, I saw like five hands go up in this room. If you prayed to receive Christ as people are leaving, um, if you'll just l- if. If you, When you walk out, if you'll just take a step toward the left and we'll have a care room volunteer back there. If you just tell them you prayed to receive Christ and you want us to help you take your next step, we would love to do that. If you're in a hurry, you just email us this week at um, hello, hello at perrynoble.com. We'd love to get that email. Next week, we'll finish up this series. It's going to be pretty awesome. We got, I, I mean, it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm really excited about it. So I hope you have a great week. I hope you tip your server well at lunch. We'll see you all here next Sunday.